So welcome to another episode of the Gladcast Basketball Podcast. Joining us on the show this evening is one of the newest members of the Gladiators BBL roster. We've got Aljami Durham. Aljami, welcome to the podcast and welcome to Scotland. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. So I think you said you said before we just started recording, you've now been here a full week. Are you enjoying right. your weekend week so far? Oh man, I'm having a blast. I'm planning the different places I need to go. A couple people told me Edinburgh, Scotland. We won't, um, we won't, we won't question your, your, your pronunciation of Edinburgh. I was about to say, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm pronouncing this stuff right, but I'm trying. But yeah, they they told me a couple places where I need to go, so I'm trying to, you know, plan my trips accordingly to you know get out there and see the different things in Scotland. So, 6'4", guard, American from Georgia. You spent five seasons in NCAA, four at the Indiana Hoosiers before transferring over to the Providence Friars and a trip to March Madness to the Sweet 16. Uh, how have you found in your kind of three games the BBL so far? Uh, I found it very enjoyable for me, very fitting to my game and just a great league all around. I feel like it's just been very uh, a good home feeling to me and I've just been having a great time Brilliant. So what I like to do in these kind of podcasts is go right back to the start of uh, Al Durham's basketball story, uh, your origin story as such. So a question okay. I like to ask players signing over here is, how did you get into basketball and what other sport did you play growing up? Uh, I got into basketball. My family's a basketball family. Everybody played basketball. So it was almost like it was no other choice, honestly. I was walking <laughs> with a basketball in my hand as soon as I could. So that was really, like, my main thing. I played football. Like, I tell the story, I played football for a week. Like, they pulled me off a of basketball court. I went to football <laughs> practice that week. I played in the game. I probably threw three touchdowns, caught three touchdowns. I was just probably one of the best on the field. But it was just, like, after that, my dad asked me if I wanted to play basketball or did I want to play football. Like, he was just giving me the like, which one do you want to do? Like, if you don't want to do something, you don't have to. And I was just like, yeah, I'm going to stick to basketball. Me and basketball. It's indoors. You know, I'm really good at it. So I was just like, yeah, my love for basketball overturned my football career. <laughs> so obviously you're saying from you're from like a basketball heavy family. Where yeah. Who were kind of your, your role models and kind of inspirations when you were growing up? Um, Actually, my... Older, like my older sibling, my older cousin, and his friends were my idols because my dad had basketball teams. He coached them. And my cousin, Kier, older, older, like this, might as well be my siblings, Brandon, and Nate Mason, Ty Shamsadine. Those were my idols growing up. So just having those guys like do it before I did it, they went to college and they went on to their professional careers. And just watching them do what they did, it, gave me the blueprint that I needed to, you know, start my, well, start my basketball career, honestly. Brilliant. So you went high school in Georgia, then four years in Indiana. How did you enjoy those four years at the Hoosiers? A school that, for those who maybe aren't sure, have produced a number of past and current NBA players. So yeah, how was your four years in Indiana? Oh man, it was amazing. It was a blessing. They treated me very well. You know, that's a basketball school. So that's all that's, but that's not all that's there, but it's glorified for basketball. So it was just an amazing four years. I had an amazing time. They showed me nothing but support and love. We had some good seasons, COVID season. We had some ups and downs, but all in all, it was a great four years for me. So obviously four at that time, the coach was Archie Miller, four years under him. 
What did you learn? And how unfortunate, you obviously, you just kind of touched on it a wee bit there. How unfortunate for the program was the cancellation year for COVID? Oh man, I learned so much under RT. It was just a lot of trials that we had went through just together, you know, some ups and downs throughout the season, but you learn how to stick them out. You learn to how to deal with adversity, how to, you know, stick it out through the tough times and you get to the good times. So I learned so much under RT, but during the COVID year, we had a good year. That was the year that we were supposed to make the tournament. We, uh, we did it because of COVID. So COVID was a tough time because everyone had to go home and we had to clear campus. And just after that, it was just tough to play college basketball due to COVID because there were no fans, um, empty arenas where usually we're playing. It's a packed arena, sold out. So it was just a lot different once COVID had happened. How... How often or even how short notice were games getting cancelled? Um, day of. I was about to say it's day of. Day of. If COVID was cancelling games, like if somebody, if too many people were, like if someone had got COVID, well, if they tested someone the day of and they got COVID, they'll either have to sit them out, they'll test everybody, and then if multiple people have COVID, they'll probably want, they, the players wouldn't play or they would just cancel the game all in all. So it would literally be like the day of the game could get cancelled. Because obviously, the from a BBL standpoint, during COVID, we had it a few times where I don't remember games being cancelled, but it'd be players would be missing or you'd hear that they were because of COVID protocol. But we didn't seem to, I don't know, and someone might correct me if I'm wrong, I don't remember games being cancelled. Like they had so many rules in place. Uh, and obviously, everywhere was so different with their COVID rules. But and then for a long time, the guys over here couldn't even practice preseason. It was like uh-huh. individual practice with a ball, uh-huh. a ball each. Like, how was that uh-huh. then for you? You reintroducing yourself back into competitive basketball after like lockdown or whatever else? It was like a breath of fresh air because, like you said, we had individual practices. You wouldn't see some of your teammates sometimes, like because you would have to go from the gym back to your apartment. It was no, like, in-between time. You couldn't hang around. You couldn't sit in the locker room. It was almost like you were just, like, on a schedule and you had to, like, follow that schedule to the T. So it was different. So once we got, like, we were able to work out with our teammates again, it almost felt like basketball again because COVID made it started to feel like we were just in, like, a a movie almost. Like, it was like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like it was a zombie apocalypse or something but it was just it was different it was very different so just to be able to play basketball be with your teammates again it was just like a breath of fresh air honestly did it make you appreciate the game more oh very much so because like like I said like they were canceling games like we wouldn't have games and you know that was my senior year I didn't know if I was coming back for a fifth year so you think you need all the games you can especially your last season so it was just like we were coming to a countdown and it was almost like I need every game I could have and we're canceling games. It just it just didn't seem fair almost, but yeah, we lived through the times. Definitely. So you decided to transfer out after that. <laughs> Sorry, you decided to transfer oh. out uh, for a final year. How did you end up at Providence? Like, did you have many options in the transfer protocol or how did it work? Be having that yeah, year for you? I had a lot of a lot of a lot of offers, man. A lot of different a lot of coaches and I went with the one that was more I was more familiar with I knew coach Cooley and coach Ivan from my first recruitment process before I went to Indiana it was between really those two schools but at the time it just didn't work out with Providence 
So I ended up going to Indiana, of course. And the second go around, they wanted me again. And we had a conversation. We talked about how we wanted things to go and what I needed from them and what they needed from me. And we ended up on the same page and, and the rest was history. Literally, literally history. Did you notice much of a difference between the programs? Yes, it was two. They were two similar but different programs. Indiana being a power five school, of course, is a lot different from a power, I mean, a private school being in Providence. So it was a little different, but I think the fans are just, just as passionate the only difference really is like the school size. That's about it, honestly. Okay. But I, but really basketball wise, I think they're they're two top tier programs when it comes to basketball and their fans showing the love and the city showing love. Like I think those are two top tier programs for sure. So you, from what I've when I do my research and this, I always like to go and find like random news reports from like obviously from the colleges or from local news. But it seems like you became a bit of a cult figure at Province. Uh, with a big following on like social media. How special was that year for you and stuff? Oh man, it was special because like I had never been to the tournament. I didn't win a championship at Indiana. So it was just like a lot of things that, you know, you going into college, you want to check off your bucket list. And it was a lot of things I I had still left on mine. So that's why I decided to come back. So this fifth year was very special for me. It meant a lot. And a lot of things that we did, I had on my checklist. And I ended up checking them off, whether that being a championship, being able to go to the NCAA tournament. The only thing that was really left was to win a national championship. That was literally the only thing I didn't have. Like I had left on my list that I didn't check off. So but, obviously, as you said, a trip to the tournament. And well, hey, your yeah. tournament record playing was, you came to play uh, yeah. a visit to Sweet, Sweet 16 before losing out to then number three seed Kansas by five. Who Obviously, they went on to when the whole thing so yeah how, how how explain to people listening the madness of march madness it's like they like i'll tell you this before i had went somebody like everyone had told me you want to go to march madness it's nothing like you know regular college basketball it's just, it's just something completely different about it and march madness is literally like when i go home so it's like it's a lot at stake there so it's like you feel like the energy in the room and our games were literally so loud you couldn't even hear yourself think. So you it's played like, two games. Was it United Center you guys played in? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When we played Kansas, yes. So just imagine like two great fan bases coming out and you can't even hear the ball bouncing on the court. You can't hear your coach calling out plays. So it's like it's so much energy and there's so much like at stake. It just brings the best out of you, I think, and it just an amazing feeling like you like something that you really have to experience because there's nothing like that like it's no words to describe how great of an achievement that is but also you can't like it's something that you wish that you could have kept going I felt like especially with my team I felt like my team if we beat Kansas we win the whole thing honestly in my opinion but that's just me I mean you 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 balled out that game what was it 23 points um Kansas obviously won it by such a small margin of five. Like personally, how how would you sum up from a playing point of view your kind of experience of March Madness? Oh man, I feel like I can't. I can't, like you said, I came to play because earlier in the year I had ended up with an injury, of course, but I kept playing, and I felt like I got snubbed in some of the voting for like some of the like awards for the season and stuff like that. So I told myself once I had got back, like because I was still playing, but 
in March Madness, they were going to hear about me. Like, I was going to make sure that, like, hey, that my team got somewhere. Like, we were going to win at least two, three games. And lo and behold, I made sure of that. And I and I performed. And thank God for that because I <laughs> because my injury was something I had to get through. But it didn't bother me during the tournament. I ended up getting back healthy. So it was all worth it, honestly, in my opinion. Does how- – Obviously, losing is never good, but how does it? Does do you think it feels differently because you then lost to Kansas, who and then obviously won the whole thing? Or do you know? What no. I mean? Do you know what I mean? Or that that hurts the most because if because I okay. felt like we could have beat Kansas, and then I felt like I felt like we could have won a national championship. That's what hurts the most. But yeah. and all in all, they won it. We lost to the people that won it. Okay, but I feel like that hurts the most because we could have won it for sure. Fair enough. For Fair sure. enough. I love that. Um. So let's go on to kind of like talk about that kind of summer in between college and turning pro. Like, what what did you get up to? What were kind of the options available to you? And yeah, how how did you find your kind of first off season trying to make it as a pro? Oh uh, man, mine was full of rehab at that time because of the injury that I did experience while I was at Providence. So it was a lot of rehab and a lot of trying to get back to a hundred percent. A lot of just working on myself, working on my core and different things like that and also trying to become a professional learning about the professional game learning the different rules and you know and trying to you know work yourself into a condition of where you want to be you know I ended up going to a lot of like a couple NBA workouts I went to the Nets and the Knicks I had those two workouts um after those two I had a um a draft day in California and for the most part I was in my home state, Atlanta, Georgia, just working out, working out, just continuously working on my game, continuing crafting, just uh, when the opportunity was called, I was ready for it. And I ended up having a couple workouts and a couple offers to go to different places. So just was getting prepared to wherever I was going, which was Greece at the time. So, yeah, you started playing uh, this season in Greece, A1 basketball, a notorious, uh, a notoriously cutthroat and tough league uh, to play in. How did you find that as like that being your first stop? It was eye-opening. It was very eye-opening, you know, very highly praised league. And I felt like it was different than, it's something that you can't just really hear about. You got to go through it. And I felt like it was different than basketball in the States, of course, but it was a, a learning experience to say the least, a learning experience. I learned so much this about the game, about their game, how they play, how they how the game is played, officiated, how they move, how they this their coaching and basketball over there. And it was just a blessing to be able to go through that because that's one of the biggest league or the one of the best leagues over here, I think they say. So it was just like, you know, I had the opportunity to play in that. I had the opportunity to see it firsthand. So I'm I was very grateful for the opportunity. So then how would you describe that kind of feeling when obviously I think your kind of big big breakout game was against like Olympiacos, who we hear all the time about obviously being quite a big powerhouse in European basketball. But how did you find that whole moving away from America, moving to a new country, different language and that kind of whole experience? It was different. It was, it was completely different than everything I've I've known. I literally picked up my life and moved to a different country with a different language, had to eat different foods, had to learn how they made the foods, had to learn their language. So it was <laughs> it was a complete 180, but I was grateful for it because it, it allowed me to learn. 
It allowed me to learn their culture. It allowed me to get into it. And then playing at Olympiagos was a big thing because they ended up telling me how big of a, you know, club that is. And everybody knows how big of a club that is. So just having a breakout game against them was like, okay, I can play here. Like, okay, I can, I can do something here. So it was just, you know, a surreal moment, just being able to play against some of the best over there and have a breakout game against them was just, you know, uh, a reward to the work, I would say. So what did, what did you learn about yourself as a player over there? Like, what did, what do you feel like, obviously traveling all that way what what did it kind of teach you and how to kind of continue that kind of pro career dream man that I really love basketball <laughs> <laughs> that I really love basketball because for you because a lot of people can't pick up from you know something that we all are used to every day being in America just to pick up and change everything and to play somewhere completely different is a hard task and I realized that just being over there and doing it myself but they realized that I wouldn't want to be doing anything else, that I really love basketball, that I really take this game serious, and I would never take it for granted again because millions of people want to be in my shoes. So I just know that every time I step on the court now, it's 100% or that's it. Like, it's, there's nothing less than that because it just, it, just gave, it just gave me a real full circle moment to really see how much I love the game and how much I really take this thing serious. Love that. What an answer. That is a brilliant answer. <laughs> Love that. So obviously, unfortunately, it didn't go probably to plan or what you wanted to right. in Greece. And you had a and you had a bit of time between being in Greece and signing here. Uh, yeah. how did you find that time and what did you do to stay ready? It's funny because during that time, I, yeah, I ended up going home. I worked out every day. Like I just worked out. I continued to work on my body. If I could get in the gym, I got in the gym. I ran on treadmills. I ran outside. And then I have a dog, so I was outside <laughs> running with him. <laughs> so I was just – I was doing everything I could to stay in shape, keep on top of my game, just so when that next opportunity was 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 on the phone, I was ready for it. And then also it was funny during that time, I have a clothing line. So during that time, I got a couple phone calls, and I ended up seeing that my clothing line would be – well, we're having a fashion show on February 11th in New York, and then I'll be in Fashion Week in September in New York. That's quality. Love yeah, that. So <laughs> you need to so send me the link. Time, I got you. So during send that time, I, I found out a lot of different things, and a lot of different things happened. So it was just a surreal moment for me and my brother for our clothing line. So that little time I had while I was home working with him and working out, working on to get ready for this opportunity that I have now, it was a lot of different things going on, so it didn't seem like I had a lot of time at home. <laughs> Amazing. So let's talk about uh, you joining the Gladiators. And, yeah, it's been really amazing seeing your kind of time developing and grow, or not developing, but kind of settling into the with the team and how it almost feels like you've been there for a long time and how you come across and play. Uh, how are you enjoying being part of this team? Man, I love it. <laughs> I love this group of guys. I love the organization. I love the coaching staff. I love the fans. Like it's, it's like almost like it was a perfect fit for me. I would say, and it just honestly, it just feels good to be here. It feels good to be in this position, being able to feel comfortable playing here. And this is what my third game here, and I feel like I've, like you said, I've been here forever. So it's just, it feels like a natural fit. I would say. And um, and before signing, what kind of conversations had you had with the club and with Coach Murray? Oh man, we talked a lot. We talked a lot about my last situation, how that went, 
and how I wanted to see myself moving forward and how he seen my game fitting over here. So I did a lot of research on the team. I watched a lot of games. And he just explained to me he wanted me to come here and be myself. He wanted me to be who I was, who I was as a basketball player, as a person, as a leader. He just wanted me to come here and just be myself and prove that I had the game to, to um, fit over here. So it's just he gave me the opportunity. He seen room for me to come in and fit in and just be a part of this team and help this team win. And I, I seen the vision as well once I started watching and doing my research. And then after that, it was a no-brainer. So you're talking about obviously having conversations about your game. How would how would you describe your game to the listeners and or to fans? Like when you say, "Oh, how would you describe your game?" Man, I would say all around. If you need <laughs> defense, threes, rebounding, assists, whatever you need, I'm on the floor to do it. If you need me to go out there and take thirty charges, I'll go out there and do it. <laughs> if you need me to score, pass, get my teammates open, you know, whatever whatever is needed on the court for us to win. I'll do it. And it doesn't matter what it is. I'm I'm the guy for the job. As long as you need a job done, you can call me. Is that is that what it's that t-shirt slogan there? Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, man. <laughs> so you're saying like you say you did your research. What kind of stuff were you able to find out? Like what made the uh joining the club a easy decision for you? Man, I love how the team played together. Like it was just amazing basketball to watch how they move the basketball, how everyone's like close-knit they're into the game like everyone's not there's no one out there that's out there for themselves it's just a team chemistry that you can just feel just by watching the guys and I just loved it honestly and then I started like I always started with David I love David's game like when I watched I love David's game and David was like I thought David was, was great so I was like I, I would love to play a part like play alongside him because I felt like he was killing the league and it just was just amazing to see what he was doing. So I just, like, that's the first person I always started with. Like, I just was watching David and how he played on the court and how he was reading. He was getting everybody involved or he was scoring when he needed to or how he was just floating out there, it felt like. And it just, it looked, it looked like poetic almost. So I was just like, man, I would love to play alongside that guy. Hey, he's not sitting on the other side of the camera telling you to say that, is he? Nah. <laughs> nah. I don't even think David know about that part. Had you heard much about the British League before signing here? And uh, do you know any other guys playing over here? It's funny because um, one of my teammates in Greece, Justin Gray, he played for Bristol. Mm. He told me, he told me about the league. I did a couple of guys, and then a couple of guys had played in the league before me Christian Keelan, Jordan Hills, like guys from where I'm from around. Oh, they of course, Christian Georgian yeah. from Atlanta, Christian. Georgia. Yeah. Yeah, that's my guy. Good that's guy. My, good I grew guy. up with Christian. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my, that's like a really good friend of mine. So, me and Christian, so as soon as I got the call from G, I called CK and I was just like, man, what you think? He said, man, you'll love it out there. So, once he gave me the nod, I was like, okay, cool. I, I got it then. So, send no more. What can you yes, Yeah. Me and CK are real good, real good guy. That's my dog. Oh, no, I loved it. When Christian was over here, he was brilliant to talk to. Did a couple of podcasts yeah. with him. He was not nah, good. <laughs> good luck to him because I know he, he started the season in, where was he, Georgia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think he's in Denmark now. Oh, did he, is he just saying somewhere? That's good. Yeah, he saw somewhere not too long ago. Yeah, yeah I think he's in Denmark right now. Oh, no, good. I'm glad to hear that because I've seen he, had, he was out of a club for a wee bit. Nice one. Yeah. Um, So, question on you. Like, we obviously hear at times where um, 
players like yourself come over to to Europe and the BBL can sometimes get overlooked. Why do you think that is? And how how do you think the style of play is kind of developing? Excuse me. I think the style of play over here is like almost like America almost. So I find it very like adaptable for me because it fits my style of play. Honestly, I don't see why it gets overlooked, honestly, with you, because I feel like it's good competition. I just think it just has to get to the world, I feel like, well, more of the world, because a lot of people know about it. But I think if a lot of people actually honed in and did their research and actually watched it, it's good basketball every night. It's competitive. It's a great league. And I like how you guys market everything. I like how it's set up. Like, it's just... A really good league once I really got into honed into it because I wasn't honestly too familiar with it. But once I honestly did my research, I, I'm impressed by the league, honestly. Nice. So what kind of final few questions for you? Um, what should we expect from uh Al Durham and the rest of the guys for the rest of the season? Man, I think you guys will be I think I think we'll shock the world this season, honestly. I think we're that good and I think we're capable of a lot this year. So I'm not going to say too much, but I think you guys are going to be in for a surprise, honestly. Brown, that's what I love to hear. So obviously yeah. we record, we're record. we recording this after kind of a, a big doubleheader weekend win with a way trip to Manchester and then at home to Sheffield, and which was two brilliant wins against two really, let's be honest, different teams from each other. Manchester yeah, really to get out <laughs> of the floor and shoot a lot of shots and yeah. Sheffield to kind of, Shut you try and shut teams down and keep teams yeah. below 80 points. Like, how, how did you find the difference, and especially from a kind of scouting point of view? Oh uh, man, you got one team that's running gun, and then you got another team that will hold the ball for 30 seconds and shoot at 29. So it was just like <laughs> literally two completely opposite yeah. teams. But I think we did a real good job just honing in and getting a scouting of it and just knowing that their concepts were two different concepts. And I think we honed in on the defensive end, honestly. I think that's where it starts with. No matter what the team does, as long as you hone into defensive end, I think as long as they don't score, you can win the game. So I think we just did that, even though they were two different, completely different teams. We we really sat down and we really defended and we did it on a team, a, a high team level. So it was just like if we continue to do that and continue to build off of that, I think it's scary. Yeah, man. Love it. Al, thank you so much for your time this evening. Thank I know you're on a rest day, so no, thank you for very much giving your time. And yeah, thank you for joining me on the podcast. Anytime, man. I'm always here. Just let me know when you need me. <laughs>